0: Chapter 7. Create a space of grace. Have nothing in your home that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. That's William Morris, a designer. I can't tell you when the journey through the fog of fatigue, overwhelm, and guilt became fascinating to me. It just happened. Each day that I had the energy to move a little further in practicing the Ten Rules for Health, my awareness became a little clearer. It was like walking along a mist-shrouded forest path, coming upon occasional clearings where the brilliance of the light warmed my soul. In one of these clearings, where I reflected on what was stressing me and what was blessing me, I realized that the soul-satisfying process of spiritual house cleaning had deepened my capacity and my need for orderliness around me. As I began to regain my strength and was able once again to think and work energetically, I discerned something niggling at my mind. I needed my home to look the way I felt. Once this thought broke through into awareness, I developed a craving for my home to be cleaner and clearer. Make a space for grace. All the abundance writers say that clutter obstructs wealth and that one of the best ways to attract the new in your life is to clear out the old. They tell us to make space for a richer life, a better job or a more beautiful wardrobe. For me, making a space of grace was an essential step in creating a more complete sense of grace in my life. The mindful practice of virtues is our true wealth and it brings bountiful returns as we live more kindly, speak more tactfully, and love more gently. It gives us a taste for the good life in its truest and most meaningful sense. As we live more consciously, we develop a natural longing to have our outer environment match our growing sense of inner peace and well being. Creating a space of grace becomes a need rather than a vague wish to someday clean up the place. The Virtue of Order Thus said the Lord, Set thy house in order. 1 Kings 20 Orderliness means being neat, and living with a sense of harmony. When we are orderly, we have place for things we use and keep them there so that we can use them whenever we need to. It means planning something so that it works, doing something step by step and staying on track instead of going in circles. Being orderly makes it easier to accomplish things. When we appreciate the order of creation, we see the beauty and harmony of all living things. Signs of Success I am practicing orderliness when I have a place to put each of my things, put my things away in the same place every time, have a plan before I start any job, solve problems step by step, Create a harmonious space that brings peace to my soul. Appreciate the beauty and order of God's creation. And the affirmation is, I live this day with order. I do things step by step. I create beauty and harmony in my space and in my life. Setting our home or work area in order not only reflects inner order and beauty, it creates them. When we are stressed or distressed by events beyond our control, including world crisis over which we feel helpless, the act of creating a clean, gracious environment gives us a bower of peace a sense that all is right with the world, at least in our small corner. It may be that creating a space of grace around you may be the most natural starting point for a positive life change. Wherever you choose to begin the process of purifying your life, of whatever is cluttering it and impeding your natural peace, is a fine place to start. One of the advantages and disadvantages of being ill is that we have little, excuse me, is that we have a license to procrastinate, to postpone house cleaning and mundane tasks indefinitely. Leave the dust, one post-polio phone buddy told me. Your first priority has to be your health. Easier said than done, as I coped with an occasional once-over performed cheerily by my husband, for whom vacuuming, or super-sucking as he proudly calls it, meant the job was done. As my energy supply gradually refilled, I developed an acute awareness of the things that drained it, talking too long on the phone, waiting too long before taking a rest, and above all, the clutter in my house. It wasn't enough to have a room neat and relatively clean. I literally felt weighed down by the physical clutter lurking above my head in the attic and surrounding me in cupboards and drawers. In the hectic pace of life, most of us now keep... We have little time for basic maintenance. This creates further stress. Unpaid or misplaced bills, overstepped closets, desk detritus, piles of paper and files, and unpacked boxes are among the countless energy drains we tend to accumulate in our houses. They become black holes of worry and guilt, continually leaking mental and emotional energy. Ask for help. As I began to move beyond survival mode, my craving for order, simplicity and cleanliness kept increasing. I realized that clutter was a huge drain on my energy, a block to peace in my spirit. The battle with fatigue leaves one fragile, and I knew this was hardly the time to roll up my sleeves and dig into spring cleaning. Yet who else could make the hundreds of little decisions about what would be tossed and what would remain? As I pondered how to move forward with the daunting task of clearing my home, a friend fortuitously mentioned a woman named Jane, who is an interior design consultant specializing in feng shui? Feng shui, pronounced feng shui, is the ancient Chinese art of balancing the elements in one space for optimal harmony and energy flow. It offers methods of attracting abundance and sustaining peace. Although quite a complex system, feng shui contains some simple principles that I found easy to apply, even as a novice committed to not taking on a new body of knowledge. Those few hours of consultation with Jane were one of the best investments I have ever made. As we walked through our house, she shared with me a fantastic secret, a vital key to recovering from an energy disease or an overstressed lifestyle. Namely, identifying what blocks the flow of chi or energy in our environment. And it has to do with how the furniture is arranged, the number of items in a room or on surfaces, the way colors are used, the setup of my home office, She pointed out that repainting the living room walls in a warmer shade of white with rose rather than gray tones would change the quality of light in the room and make it a warmer space. A friend of mine who is order challenged, particularly in her home office, invited a friend who is naturally orderly to come to her home and help her clear and organize. She paid her by the hour, and both women felt deeply satisfied by the results of just one day of using a fresh eye and listening ear to discover the best system for my friend to use for her files and work area. Because so many of us have full lives these days and still want and need an orderly environment— Many professional organizers now offer services to help reorganize our homes, tool area, shop, or help us move. They can help us to shovel out and start afresh. Online resources for helping you organize can be found at www.clutterbug.net forward slash help. clear and natural path. Jane showed me a few easy actions that immediately increased the flow of chi in a room, such as rearranging the living room furniture. With her help, it took only a few minutes and it looked and felt like a new room. I could hardly believe how different the room felt. When the light increased by moving a chest from in front of a window, by moving the couch facing our fireplace back a foot, we cleared the natural path to easily walk through the living room. There were other simple things like peeling off the busy wallpaper border of chickens on weather vanes with which the previous owners had enthusiastically decorated the top and bottom of every wall. I had been plotting a huge chicken barbecue with my friends for two years, but my husband liked the chicken borders, especially their Wedgwood blue color. He had reluctantly agreed to place them with a replace them, sorry, with another pattern in blue when we could find one. But at the moment, we were at an impasse. So I had to be moderate, and if the truth be told, a bit surreptitious. I gleefully peeled off the chicken borders, flanking our entryway and hallway passing the bedrooms. It took about ten minutes. I immediately felt an opening up of the space, as if a canal of energy had been blocked and was now released. "'Mercifully, my husband said nothing. "'With her practised eye, Jane spotted a round table "'pressed onto us magnanimously by friends, "'which I had absolutely no place for. "'So it was shoved into a corner and adorned with knick-knacks, "'which I don't particularly like having around. "'The table was custom-made and quite valuable.' pedestal-based with a tooled leather top. I didn't feel it matched anything in our rather contemporary living room, yet Jane's eyes lit up when she saw it. She showed me that it was the perfect size for a dining room table and needed only a beveled glass tabletop to serve the purpose. She gave me the number of a glass supplier nearby, and a few weeks later, we had a new and admittedly very handsome and unique dining room table. I took copious notes, as Jane talked, and of course created a nice fresh file for them and placed it in my home and family file drawer so I would be able to find it later when energy permitted further steps to reorganize my home. The greatest gift of her visit was that it upended my resistance and gave me hope. Befriend Your Resistance It is helpful to admit and gently acknowledge the resistance that keeps us from taking this step to clean and clear the spaces around us. When we recognize the teachable moment and call on the gentle observer instead of the internal critic, it makes all the difference. We came up with so many reasons to procrastinate, sorry, we can come up with so many reasons to procrastinate or relinquish entirely the need to create order in our homes and workplaces. For those of us suffering with energy challenges, And I believe that is the great majority of us these days. The notion of tackling the physical clutter in our lives can be utterly daunting. The very idea exhausts us. We just can't imagine finding the time or the energy to attempt it. Another source of resistance is the denigration of the role of cleaning linked in our minds with menial, devalued work. Individuals who are the most stressed and busy easily rationalize this its place at the bottom of their priority list. Many men resist orderliness as a feminine trait, though I have known men, my father and my husband included, who kept their tools and work areas in pristine order. We may understand in the abstract that order will sustain our energy and chaos will continue to drain it, depriving us of a sense of grace in our own homes. Yes, 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 we've heard it all before. We associate it with the most boring aspects of life, with memories of being forced to clean up your mess by our parents when we were younger and had far more interesting things to do on a Saturday morning. I hated it when my parents blithely told me a messy room means a messy mind. They probably tossed this off as a motivational comment, while in truth, this belief seeped deep into my sense of myself. It was time to reclaim my natural innate virtue of orderliness. Let go of hopelessness. The judgments we have internalized about ourselves, our beliefs that we are inherently disorganized, are the most painful form of resistance to setting our house in order. A friend of mine had a defining moment that helped her cut through her clutter, guilt. She works very long hours driving hundreds of miles a week, bringing services to the elderly in their homes. One Saturday morning, she was feeling an old familiar despair over the chaos of her cluttered home. Once again, she could not find the motivation or the energy to get off the couch and get to it, feeling that all she could do was to restore her energy by resting she began to pray her shame and her hopelessness. She heard spirits say, I am the God of chaos too. She felt a quiet acceptance, which released her from her paralyzing paralysis of will. Often a small shift in the spirit makes all the difference. Creating a space of grace around us is meant to be a guilt-free exercise, not sourced in shame, but in self-care. My own limiting belief that I was inherently unable to cope with my own chaos scripted my labels I received as a child, dissolved. I'm going to start that sentence again. My own limiting beliefs that I was inherently unable to cope with my chaos, scripted by labels I received as a child, dissolved in a new awareness that creating order and beauty were a gift that I could give myself. After Jane's visit, the lightness of mind and the sheer joy I experienced when walking into the clear open feeling of my newly arranged living room overtook my resistance. I realized that in light of my new commitment to energy conservation, it would be very costly to neglect this aspect of my life. I found that the returns in terms of renewed energy and well-being were enormous. Cleaning and clearing our environment literally creates a space of grace. Beauty and order in our environment create a continual flow of the chi, of well-being and peace, restoring our physical and spiritual energy. Being in a harmonious space with colors that nurture us and things we love around us with the clutter gone stimulates and affirms our internal sense of order and peace. Make a start. The key to managing this project of purifying your space is not to take on too much at once. Unless you can afford a cleaning crew to come in, which would be wonderful, you're most likely You are like most of us and have to do it yourself. Clear the clutter one small area at a time. It might be a drawer you open all the time, or the stove, or your bathroom. Make this one small area as clean and perfectly orderly as you want it to be, and let it serve as your beacon of hope. The day I came to terms with my need for financial for a financially sustainable practice, one of the first things I did was to clean my stove top, which bothered me every time I used it. I spent thirty minutes scrubbing, inserting fresh shiny burner liners, and removing every spot and fingerprint from our microwave above it. When I finished, the stove and microwave were gleaming. Every time I walk into the kitchen, it was a reminder of my power to make changes for the better. Begin with surfaces. I found that there were levels to the cleaning and reorganizing process. I thought of level one as the surface of things, and. Level 2 as the inside drawers and closets. The best starting point is a room in which you spend a lot of time. Begin by clearing the most visible space, such as tops of dressers, rather than drawers or closets. Being able to walk into the room and see a new harmonious order creates the encouragement needed to tackle the less visible levels of detail. Don't just sweep it all into the top drawer either. Place all the things that are out and needed to be sorted in bags or boxes to deal with later. Then spend some contemplative time arranging the room just as you want it. Play with the arrangement. Sit back and reflect on how you need it to be. I spent an hour... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I spent an hour listening to slow jazz and gazing at the things I had on my mantelpiece I took away several things and found that there were five things left which seemed the right number each was very special a raku bird gifted Me by the staff when I left my job as spiritual care director at the hospice, a small Native American vessel with a phoenix carved on it, my husband had received as a gift, a silver mobile of gulls that moved gently with each air current, and two other gifts received in our travels. I was surprised to realize that all of them were birds. The painting over our mantle is of two soaring gulls over sunlit waves crashing onto a beach, gifted to my husband and me by our beloved friend Carol Evans, a Canadian artist, who said she thought of us when she painted it. Just having the room clean and clear, despite the still bulging cupboards on either side of the mantle, gave me peace. I was going for the first level of order and trusted I would get to the next when energy allowed. Organize with a pace of grace. I've learned that the fear of tackling the chaos creates far more wasted energy than getting to it. Once I had some small successes with Feng Shui, and my living room looked beautiful to me, I was filled with righteous enthusiasm for this once daunting task. I also realized that I had to keep a pace of grace with it, or I'd end up flat on my back. I looked again at the 10 rules for health. And a small phrase in one of the rules stood out. The seventh rule was, pursue peaceful activity. Cut television down. It depresses you. Read what comes to you. Listen to music. Clear and clean in small ways. Watch the fire. Write letters to your friends. Clear and clean in small ways sounded doable and the best way to start with what I now call level two cleaning. I love a clean, sparkly bathroom, so the surfaces usually shine. However, the drawers are another story. I began with the drawer I use most often, the top bathroom vanity drawer, in which I keep things I use every day. It was overstuffed, and I habitually rummaged to find things very dysfunctional, as my husband and I have come to call it. Every time I opened that drawer, it emitted a little whiffs of shame and guilt, but this time I was ready for it. First, I put on the earphones to my portable CD player and turned on some cleaning music. What I need for cleaning inspiration is modern gospel singers such as BB and CC Winans or Mary Mary. I was immediately energized. I took everything out, placing them in categories, and tossed out the small bottles containing infinitesimal amounts of old lotion and anything else I wasn't using. I washed and dried the drawer thoroughly and then placed the things that belonged together in each section of a newly purchased plastic divider tray. This job that had hung over me like Poe's pendulum for about three years took me 12 minutes the drawer was re, has remained clean and orderly and was a wonderful first choice for my cleaning safari providing a daily reminder that order is indeed possible it's amazing how one success sustains energy and hope for the rest of the job beauty begets Order. I remember the best gift my mother ever gave me. When I returned from camp at thirteen, she had surprised for me. She had completely redecorated my room. She had painted the walls white and had sewn a lavender floral chintz bedspread with a pale lavender dust ruffle and matching dressing table skirt and curtains. She said, Linda You're a woman now, and you deserve the beauty of a woman's room. Other teens might prefer to decorate their own room, but I found my mother's act of nurturance stunningly meaningful. Until that point, my room had been in total chaos and clutter. Afterward, I kept it neat and clean. My friend Pam offered to help her daughter realize Her dream of a room, all in blue, with a seascape theme, complete with waves on her walls. Together, they planned each detail. When we discern and create our own vision of beauty in a room, the desire to keep it in order follows naturally. David, a retired physician living with chronic fatigue syndrome, turned a tiny room in the wonderful old house he shares with his wife Susan into his personal haven. He built a wooden bed in the shape of a boat. On it is an antique quilt in reds and blues, a simple border of ships adorn the walls, and he painted a starry night sky on his ceiling. He has boyhood treasures arrayed on his dresser and a neat bookshelf with his favorite books. He naturally keeps his sanctuary immaculate. Sue has a bower of her own in an upstairs room full of light, decorated by her own hand-winning quilts. They both sing the praises of having their own rooms, and tiptoe up or down the stairs when they want to be together. Contain to Sustain I will be forever grateful to Julie Morgenstern, the organizing guru whom I first saw on television during this time when I was seeking ways to purify my life and my environment. She spoke of a simple formula for creating and sustaining order called SPACE, an acronym for SORT, PURGE, Assign, Containerize, and Equalize. I went out and got her book, Organizing from the Inside Out, to read more about it. She offers very practical, step-by-step recommendations on how to tackle even the most daunting mess. This is the first approach I have ever found to be both simple and sustainable. A closet I treated with Julie's advice has remained cluttered free for several years. It works like this. Number one, sort things into three piles. Throw away, give away, put away. Have large plastic bags or boxes for the first two. Purge, number two, purge by throwing away and giving away what you no longer want to keep. Keep only what is useful or beautiful. If you haven't worn an outfit for 10 years, it's probably time to detach from it. Lighten your load and simplify your life. Number three, assign each item a place, a home to which you will consistently return it. This discipline, whether it's regular, a regular assigned spot, in a suitcase, purse, briefcase, or a drawer, a book for keys, uh, sorry, hook for keys, or a file holder for homework. It's hugely helpful in finding what you need quickly. Number four, containerize. This is the fun part. Once you've selected the things you wanna keep, give some thought to containers Baskets, plastic tubs, decorative boxes, filing cabinets, hanging file, folder, containers. I especially love the word contain. It's a comforting word and a gracious practice. It keeps your house in order. Number five, equalize means to do daily maintenance to keep things in their place. It is taking 10 minutes at the end of your workday to clear off your desk and put files away so you come in to a clear desk in the morning. Putting your personal items back in the same place in your briefcase or purse every time. Using the container you've assigned for homework, keys and other things you need quickly in the morning. All these practices of orderliness create peaceful pleasure. Before I began using the space plan, my purse used to drive me mad. It had eight different compartments, but I could never remember what went where. When I started disciplining myself to assign the same things to the same places, after deciding what lived with what, I could find my keys and sunglasses blindfolded. Choose the right containers. For me, finding the right containers is a delightful part of the process of reorganizing. Choose containers that you will enjoy looking at. Take your time to shop for them. When I first shopped for containers, I went mad over clear plastic tubs. I found them just right for storing sweaters, purses, winter gloves, and scarves on a closet shelf. However, I discovered that for my office shelves, they were distracting. Seeing all my office supplies piled together on the shelves, albeit neatly within their containers, was overwhelming. If there is anywhere I need a sense of simplicity, it is my office. I realized I needed things put away in drawers or baskets on shelves to give me a sense of peace. My husband eventually bought me stackable opaque plastic boxes that I covered with decoupage, pictures cut out from magazines, or attractive wrapping paper pasted onto the boxes. I also brought out my South Pacific shell collection and used my hot glue gun to attach them to the fronts of the boxes. This enjoyable, peaceful activity continues to serve as gentle recreation and an ongoing beautification process for my office. Grace your children with containment. My children grew up without very clear boundaries about neatness. I had been so shamed about messiness by my own parents, I went into opposititis with my two sons, not wanting to burden their wee souls. There was one boundary I did have, though, and amazingly they seemed to revel in it. They were allowed to build forts in the living room, with all the pillows and blankets in the house, plus assorted bits of furniture, on the condition that everything be put back in its place immediately when playing fort was over for the day. Yet I did not apply this awareness to their bedroom, which was always a disaster area. I even allowed them to draw on the walls because any day now, I was planning to put new wallpaper. When I married Dan, a graduate of West Point, and an inherently tidy man, they were ten and thirteen. At one point, we were renting a house that was up for sale, knowing it was a temporary arrangement. The owners told us it had to be clean and orderly each day so that it could be shown to potential buyers. Dan drew up a contract for all of us to sign. He had a rule that the inspector, Dan, would confiscate anything left on the floor after 8 a.m. and place it in a closet. To retrieve the item would cost extra chores or money that would go into family fun fund. The boys found this idea delightful. Dan then did something that touched me. Knowing my older son had difficulties with attention deficit, Dan bought him two gifts that helped make the morning cleaning simple for him. A wicker trunk, which into he could easily scoop all his detritus as well as a duvet that made it easy to make his bed. My son felt so proud as he stood ready for inspection. The house was immaculate on a daily basis. This was far from soul destroying. This simple practice of self-discipline was a gift to all of us, and quite a teachable moment for me as a mother. Giving children the means to contain their things is an excellent way to keep their own space orderly and peaceful. Make files not piles. One of the most daunting sources of fatigue, overwhelm, and guilt for me was the failure to file. My new mantra is make files, not piles. When I do, a sweet, righteous feeling of self-confidence fills me. I love having client information, legal documents, and bills at my fingertips. I call my habitual accumulated mass of general unknown entities, the lump. It consists of small items jumbled in a pile with important legal papers or unopened letters. When I allow the lump to grow, fog accumulates along with the mass. Not being able to find things is chronically time-consuming and creates stressful anxiety. When I take the small amount of time required to neaten as I go at a pace of grace, it brings a quiet joy to the work. Maintain order at a pace of grace. I've found that only when I keep a pace of grace can I successfully equalize, as Julie Morgenstern calls it. Taking just 10 minutes to put things away and clear my desk makes a world of difference than us morning. When I'm rushed, I have a much harder time putting things away. The occasional times I'm unable to keep my pace of grace because of being too tightly scheduled, I pile things into a tray. However, as soon as possible, I return to my pace of grace and replace things in their assigned home. I want to do it and enjoy doing it because I know it makes all the difference to my peace of mind. I really applaud Julie Morganstern for her discerning principles for simplifying the way we relate to our things. It has made a world of difference to me. God is in the details. That is a popular saying used by the architect Ludwig Mies van der Rohe, attributed to Gustave Flaubert, who is a 19th century French novelist. Find your radiant point. At a conference in Salt Lake City in 1994, I met a woman who had a foundation called the glory of home. She told me of the power of the radiant point. This point is something we possess that fits our lives perfectly, and is the standard of beauty against which we measure all things in our homes. It could be an outfit that we love to wear, a leather folder, or a piece of pottery. Her recommendation was that gradually we align all other possessions with this radiant point, bringing everything to the same standard of value and letting go of anything that we do not love as much or find as useful. That notion has never left me. We are quietly energized by things we love, holding an ideal to keep Only what is useful and beautiful around us is a goal worthy of effort. Have a shopping spree in your closet. One day I was packing for a trip and feeling restless about my clothes, dissatisfied with my outfits for the trip. I was also in austerity mode and didn't want to go out and Just buy more. Too often, I buy something hurriedly and then never wear it or put it on at home, and i finding it doesn't really look right in my own mirror. I decided to go shopping in my closet. I arranged everything by color and discovered I had some delightful new mix-and-match outfits I had never put together before. I cleared out what I hadn't worn for a year and put it in my giveaway bag. This process exhilarated me. I felt rich and fortunate to have lovely color-coordinated clothes, some of which were years old. My classics. Just opening my closet door gave me a flush of pleasure rather than the old clutter shame. Taking time to clear and classify is an excellent way to create new order in your closets. Level two cleaning is deeply satisfying like a righteous secret. Your living space can be simply beautiful. Moving is an excellent time to clear out what is less than useful or beautiful from your possessions. When you arrive at your new home you will have a new incentive to create order knowing that you'll you are putting away only what you consider truly yours i find it so pleasing to the eye and the heart to live sparingly one of my deepest pleasures has been to visit my friend boo at her wilderness cabin in northern british columbia each summer boo furnished the cabin With only what she needed, she kept it spare. Yet there were touches of beauty in the special driftwood pieces she found to grace the window ledges. Beneath the row of windows facing the lake is a window seat along the full length of the wall, graced by a colorful cushion in a bright print. Beneath the window seat, she stored homemade wooden boxes, with rope poles that could easily be slid out from under the window seat. In each box were related items, tools in one, paper goods and balls of string in another, candles and so on. She never wasted anything, and she stored them as treasures that she could lay her hands on when she needed them. The order and simplicity of the cabin itself gave me as much pleasure as the mountain vistas reflected in the lake outside the cabin windows. Creating a space of grace restores our energy and gives us a bower of strength and calm. The very practice of order is balm to our souls. When we clean, clear, and beautify, we experience a sustained sense of grace. We are actively removing the message that our lives are overwhelming, unmanageable, and out of control. Clearing our surroundings is an essential part of a sustainable life. Choose beauty in order, calm the soul, and allow energy to flow. Order and simplification are the first steps toward the mastery of a subject. The actual enemy is the unknown. It's a quote by Thomas Mann. Exercise grace. Create a perfect room. First, choose your favorite room. One that you feel would nurture your spirit most if you arranged it exactly as you need it to be. Let it become your touchstone of beauty for the rest of your home. Make a simple plan for redesigning your room and take a first step. Number one, what does your space tell you about yourself? Two. Which of your personal virtues would you like your space to represent? Three, what colors do you need in this space? Four, what about your space restores your spirit? Five, what can you do to make it what you need it to be? And six, what help do you need for this to happen? Summary of Chapter 7. Create a space of grace. Disorder can be very draining. Creating order sustains energy. Get the help you need to set your house or work area in order. Clear a natural path through your living room and workspace. It will open up the chi or energy in the room. Dispel your resistance by detaching from your belief that you are innately disorderly. Reclaim your natural orderliness. Make a start. Begin with outer surfaces. Put one small area in perfect order or cleanliness. It will inspire you to keep at it. Keep a pace of grace as you peacefully reorganize, enjoy it. Make your space beautiful, order will follow, dare to be creative. I recommend Julie Morganstern's Space Formula. Sort, purge, assign, containerize, and equalize. Have fun checking, choosing just the right containers. Give children containers. It will motivate them to keep their own space in order. Make piles, sorry, make files, not piles. Take the time to clear your workspace each day. Find your radiant point. Your ideal outfitter, something of beauty to be the standard of what you would like to have in your closet and in your home. Take a shopping trip in your closet. As you reorganize, keep only the things you love. Simplicity can be beautiful. Often, less is more. Now that we've explained the many ways to purify ourselves, in part two, Pace Yourself, we'll explore healthy ways to relate to time as a means of conserving our energy and sustaining a true pace of grace.